Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM and founder of the Trailblazer Network. You're about to embark on a grand journey that spans between principalities and worlds. You're going to come across liches and dragons and the fate of kingdoms and maybe even the entire planet will be held in the balance. Season 1 of Trailblazers is a culmination of over 100 hours of gameplay, two years worth of effort, and was the first product ever offered on the Trailblazer Network. We've come a long way since publishing this series, and we've learned how to record better, edit better, and deliver a more satisfying product. You're about to listen to some of our first attempts at podcast entertainment of this kind. And as such, there are some problems with the audio quality that are consistent with those circumstances. Many of them are fixed by the end of Chapter 1, but there are some techniques that we didn't implement until Season 2. If this is your first time listening to a Trailblazer Network podcast, I encourage you to start off by listening to Season 2, where from Episode 1, we committed to providing the highest quality of audio we could. Season 1 is not required to understand Season 2, so you won't be missing out. We have plans in the future to go through and remaster all 42 episodes of Season 1 to bring them to the highest quality that they can possibly be. Until then, you'll be hearing all the episodes as they originally aired with all their original intros. I am so happy you found this podcast, and I hope you enjoy this first episode of Season 1 of Trailblazers. Hello everyone, welcome to Episode 1 of Trailblazers. I'm Caleb, your GM. Just a quick word before we begin today. I want everyone to keep in mind that all the players playing today are new to Pathfinder. Matter of fact, all the players except one are brand new to any tabletop RPG. One player, Dom, has played Dungeons & Dragons before. If you don't know, Dungeons & Dragons came before Pathfinder, and Pathfinder built a lot of things on top of it. So there's some similarities, but it's been a long time since he played. So essentially, everyone is brand new here. So the first couple episodes are definitely going to be people kind of learning the ropes and learning how to play the game. In addition, the mic quality really isn't the best, and it won't be for a couple episodes. It took me a little while to convince my players to get some microphones, so for a while you're going to have to be dealing with some lower quality, and I apologize for that. But I hope that you can enjoy it anyway, and let's get into our first session of Trailblazers. Okay, so as I told you all before, you've arrived in the rooms, in 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 this room, the way I've told you all, standing in a sort of semicircle is the three of you. A man who looks like he came right out of the Crusades in plate mail with a tabard with a cross bearing right on his chest. You see a man in very strange clothes. It appears to be some sort of jacket and very, very strange pants. And he has a helmet on and he has, seems to have nothing else much with him. Uh, the, man, the, the Crusader-looking person has a sword, a mighty sword and a shield. And another person you see is a shirtless man with a mullet, with a very strange instrument that you guys as people know as a saxophone, but your players, uh, you know, Dom, you wouldn't ever know what this was. Yeah. You appear in this room, it's a very dark room, and you don't have enough time to look around and see each other before you hear a voice coming from below, and you feel someone tug on your, your, your pant leg, Dom. And you look down, or Thaddeus, I should say. Thaddeus, you look down and you see a man who's dying. You all look down and see this. He's bleeding from a hole in his stomach and he's holding it with one hand. In his other hand, he has a rifle. And he looks up at you and he says, They've sent another. 
I knew they would. I knew after failing, they would send more. Listen to me. Listen. You have to... <coughs> you have to stick together. You have to complete your purpose. Do you believe in destiny? I do. And I believe you were all brought here for a purpose, just like we were. When he says we, you look around the room, and you see there's three other people in the room, all dead. One man. He slouched over what seems to be some sort of chest or box. Another man has a hole in his head, a hole in his chest, and a hole in his shoulder. And he's slouched over in the corner, backwards. And another person is a girl, and she's flayed from her top left shoulder down to her right hip. It's flayed open. And there's a battle axe stuck in her. And the guy who's dying at your feet, put, he grabs your hand, Dom. And he, there's obviously something in between your hands. He's putting something there. But he won't let go of your hand to see it. And he says, you have to stick together. We separated. We didn't stick to our purpose. And look what happened to us. Tallow over there. He betrayed us all for what was in that chest. Whatever you do, whether or not you choose to accept what you've been given, don't take the chest. It's blood money now. Whoever takes that's going to be cursed, just as we were. Take this, and he, he grabs your hand tightly. Bring this to the Emperor in the South in Core Hall. You have to get it to him. Don't send it there via runner. You have to bring it yourself. You have to give it to him yourself. <laughs> You've all been brought here. You have to believe it's for a purpose. Don't fail like we did. And he lets out his last breath and his hand lets go. And you feel, you look down your hand and you see a, a scroll container. It's like a tube where a scroll would go in. And as he dies, David, his hand, which has a rifle, kind of falls limp and the rifle leans against you. This is where we start. I put my hand on my sword. I look at them and I say, who are you all? Okay, I introduce myself as David. All right, so when you're role playing, when, oh, as much say. as you can, you can just say, yeah. I am David. Yeah. I remember that from the thing. Okay. I'm David. You see Dom has his hand on his... I'm sorry, Dom. Thaddeus has his hand on his sword. He looks, uh, wary. Hmm. Word, do you respond? Start playing a little careless whisper to ease their nerves. He picks up his saxophone, and he begins playing a song on it. It's not particularly quiet. No, it's not. <laughs> You'll enjoy this. You can choose whether or not it's soothing you. <laughs> what manner of music is this? I mean, you know, it's a song. It helps at times. Other times, it's not so appropriate. Like when somebody's. What's it called? Maybe when somebody's dying, it's still appropriate. I don't know. <laughs> What's the song called? Uh, Careless Whisper. So, something you could do here, I'm just gonna give you examples. As time goes on, I'll give you less and less ideas and let you do it from your own head. But one of the things you can do is like, I wanna look around the room or I wanna search this guy that just died, things like that. Okay. I wanna check the rifle that he leaned on me to see if it's sure. loaded. You grab the rifle and you see, you can tell, uh, go ahead and make a perception, a perception check. Whenever I tell you to make a check, you're gonna roll a D20, a 20 sided die, and you're gonna add 
the modifier for whatever I just told you. So if I said make an acrobatics check on your skill list where it's as acrobatics, there'll be a number, you add that. So because I said make a perception check, look on your character sheet where it says perception, there should be a number there. Do you see that number? Yes. Okay, go ahead and roll a 20 and add that number. So your number is 10, you're adding 10. 25. Okay, very oh. good. The gun you can see ha is is almost like a Revolutionary War style gun. Old, you know. Musket. Musket. And it's recently been fired. It is not currently loaded. But you know you need black powder and you would need bullets. And you would assume that on the guy who just had the gun, he would have it. So you search him and you find some ammunition and some black powder. Go ahead and add that to your character sheet. So how many rounds do I have? Let, uh, you grab 15, 15 bullets and 15 enough black powder just to load it 15 times. Okay, I want to load it. Okay, you see uh, David begin to load the <coughs> weapon, and he seems to know how to do it fairly well. It seems like it's uh, something he might even be familiar with. He's not stumbling over it. Oh, uh, David, you also found a bag, a little pouch on this person, and it has coins in it. 50 gold coins. So you now have 50 gold pieces. This is very strange, of course, to you. you I'm sure you haven't seen this in a very long time, if ever. Assume uh, a word you eventually stop playing the song. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I kind of just get lost in it sometimes. Okay, <laughs> he, he's playing. He's, he's in his own little world now, it looks like. It seems he's unfazed um, by the dead man. While keeping my eye warily on the dude with the weird long rifle looking object that I don't call a weird long rifle looking object. You know you know what rifles are. Okay, cool. I, I keep my eye on the dude with the rifle, uh, David, and I go and uh, start praying over one of the other bodies real quick. David, you see him take a knee and begin to pray. You can't hear what he's saying. He seems to, you can see his lips moving. He's praying some sort of prayer. Okay. Um, wait, what are, I'm sorry, what are the character names? You never asked. Oh, I didn't? No. What's your name to the person praying? I glance over to him. My name is Thaddeus, and I continue praying. And you're a man of faith? Indeed. And who's your god? I, so I believe in the one god. As you pray, which, which person are you praying over? The girl with the chest split open, the guy who was shot multiple times, or the person who is almost cuddling the chest? Decisions, decisions. Um, I'm gonna do the guy that had that shot multiple times. Okay, you go over to the person who was shot multiple times. You see that he uh, has a rifle as well, but it is broken. Okay. Uh, I attempt to examine his body. Okay, go ahead and make a perceptions check. Uh, 17. 17. All right, you very obviously died from the wounds. You looked, there was no nothing that killed him beforehand. It wasn't like trying to cover up a murder with bullets after you had stabbed somebody or gave him poison. He was killed by the bullets. He bled out and died. Uh, he as well has a pouch on him with 150 gold pieces. So you can go ahead and grab that and put that to your character sheet. He also has a couple other little items, uh, you know, like uh, some string and a small bit of rope and things like that. I, I look to David and I say, what is your purpose here? I don't know my purpose. I This is not my land, so I'm a foreigner here. And not only do I know my purpose, I'm not even quite sure where I'm at. 
Well, we find ourselves of similar circumstance. So I take it you don't know this man that you're praying for? I do not. Or how they came to die? No, I don't. Um, so but I look around the room. What, what are we in? Okay, good question. You see that you're in a dark room. It is stone with, you know, um, you know, um, what do you call it in between stone? A mortar in between the stone. Uh, mortar, a very large stone. And uh, in the room is just some, like, tables and chairs. Not much on them. Uh, but they're all, like, overturned as if there was some sort of struggle that happened in this room. Um, you see one door, only one door leading out. And this room is very non-decorated. It looks almost like... It was purposefully left very plain. And uh, in the very center is a pedestal. And in that pedestal, which looks like something that would hold the um, tube which you have in your hand, Dom. Um, Thaddeus. You know, I examine the tube. Hey, you look at the tube. It's a, it's a rather plain-looking uh, scroll holder. It, uh, You know how to open it up very easily. There no, seems to be no lock on it. I open it up and check what's inside. You open it up. And you pull it out, and you open up a parchment, a little scroll, and the scroll only says two words. No peeking. No peeking? No peeking. I put the scroll back in the tube. Okay. You, you, everyone sees him do this. He didn't take any actions to hide himself. You saw him look at the scroll and then put we it away. You didn't see what was on the scroll, right? No, you did not. What was on the scroll? No peeking. Does that mean anything to you? Not that I not not that I know of. Me neither. Well, I would like uh, both David and Thaddeus to roll a d20 without adding anything. Uh. You know, I, I I changed that. My apologies. <laughs> um, word, Sergio. Yep. Roll a performance check. This should be under your skills. You should see perform perform wind instruments. Do you see that? Yeah, it's a twelve. Yeah, so roll and then add that number. Um, exactly which dice am I gonna roll? Uh, a twenty-sided die. die. Anytime it's a skill check, it's always gotcha. a d twenty. This is how good you do. The higher the number, the better. What'd you get? Uh, three. Three, and then plus the number. It says. Fourteen. <laughs> well, three plus twelve is fifteen. I mean, I wasn't looking at my sheet. Either. Okay, guys, the song um, is, it begins to annoy you a little bit. It's not terrible, but it's not good. You feel pretty neutral about the song. Like, if the song at the beginning was fine, but he's been playing it so long, you maybe are a little bit below neutral on the song right now. <laughs> he's playing it very. He's playing it well, but it's getting repetitive. What's your name? Directed at the guy playing the saxophone. Yeah, I look up. I'm like. Sergio. Sergio. You immediately realize every time he talks, he gets to stop playing. <laughs> well, I don't know how you guys feel, but I think we should search this room and all the people in it for anything useful. Head out and see if we can't get a lay of the land and figure out where we are. I agree. Let us put the bodies in that corner and let us go forward. All right. So you guys begin. Do you, do you all uh, agree with him and get the bodies, put them in the corner? Yes. Okay. You get the bodies in the corner. When you get to the man who is leaning over the chest, you find it very difficult to pry him off of the chest. 
but you do. What do you do with the chest? Uh, I don't know how you guys feel. I think we should take that guy's word for it. I think we should leave it be. I agree. Let us leave. Let, let, let the secrets lie. Sergio? My curiosity makes me want to open it, but I withhold. And I guess decide to go with their, uh, their advice. Okay, good. That was Pandora's box, by the way. No, I'm just joking. All right, you leave the chest be. You do your best to not even touch it. Um, you put them all in the corner. When you get to the girl who is flayed open, it's a little gross. You get a little bloody, you get a little stinky from moving her over. But, you know, uh, you are no stranger to blood, uh, Thaddeus. But the other two of you, maybe, you know, the sight of the blood. So I want you both, David and Sergio, to make a constitution check. On your stat sheet, towards the top left, you see con, and there should be a plus after it. Roll a d20 and add that plus. This is called your constitution modifier. Jeez, that's terrible. What is it? I got a one. Oh, <laughs> natural one. <laughs> plus? Plus my... 14 plus 2. No, no, no. It's what? it's your the, you roll the 1. Right. Plus your constitution modifier. Whatever number is next to constitution on the top left of your character. Right. Doesn't include modifier, right? Just the modifier. Just the modifier. Okay, then it's 1 plus 2. Okay. So three. I got a 3. And I'm and hurting. you, <laughs> David? I got a 6. You uh. both uh, vomit when you try to move... <laughs> Uh, the girl who's played open. Um, but then you steal yourselves, and you're able to move her again. And uh, But while you guys are vomiting, you after you go back to move her, you see that Thaddeus has already picked her up and moved her, and it seemed to not affect him. Like a boss. Um, you, you know, this necessarily doesn't mean that you can't handle blood, but all of a sudden you're just you're in a strange place. This girl is really grotesquely split open, and you just couldn't handle it for the moment. But you're better now. You're okay. You wipe the the puke out of, off of your mouth. And uh, you, you've you gotten uh, some gold off of the woman. She had 50 gold. And the guy who had the chest, he had nothing on him. Are you both stranger, strangers to carnage? No. I've been having to run around and getting beat up throughout most of my life. Being most of my life on Earth, anyway. Not face to face. Who, who is the person who takes the 50 gold off of the girl? Um, you know, I'm going to leave it. I already got my share. Yeah, I agree. Sergio, you can take it. All right. So Sergio, add 50 gold to your character sheet. All right. You've done what you think you can do in this room. Unless you want to do anything else, you guys leave the room. I agree. Okay, okay. You, you go through the door. Uh, let me know what order would you like to go through the door. Who wants to be in the front of this line? You know, I'll go first. You go first and second. I got you. Okay. Get back. And of course, Sergio, you'll come with back. And uh, as as much as you clutch your sword as a weapon, and David, as much as you clutch your rifle as a weapon, you see Sergio clutching his instrument almost as if he was ready to use it in combat. And uh, you go through the door, and when you close the door behind you, you hear the door lock behind you. You quickly turn around, and you see the keyhole disappear. You try the door and find that you cannot turn the handle. It appears that you cannot go back. 
find yourself in a hallway. It's a rather short hallway with a door at the end. Go to the end, and you open up the door. And your eyes kind of adjust. There's torches lighting up the walls. This is what's been giving you light the whole time, because there are no windows or anything. You would do not know what time of day it is outside, because you have no way to tell. You go in there, and you go to the torches, and instead of torches, there's these sun rods, which are these metal-looking poles that are, I don't know, maybe three feet long on the wall, bright, as if, like, you know when you put metal in a fire and it gets really bright? Much like that. These are called sun rods. They're lighting up this room. And you see in this room is a table in the center with a bunch of pieces of paper and vials, and you see two prison cells opened. And you look around, and you see three dead people on the ground. They look different than the four people that you had just left. These people all are humans. They have rather pale skin, and they're wearing black robes. What do you do? I draw my sword and I check the jail cells. Alright, you go to the jail cells and you see buckets in each of them, which contain feces and urine. And it is obvious to you that it held prisoners recently, but they are no longer there, of course. <coughs> There's nothing of use in the cells, just some hay on the floor for bedding. It smells very bad. Let's search the new dead guys. Okay, you go to the new dead guys, and you find that they have nothing really of value on them, but you do find uh, they have wounds on their mark, uh, on their neck. Two pinholes. Uh, almost as if a, a snake had bit them, but it was much too large for a snake. Well, I don't know where you guys are from, but where I'm from, the shirt uh, looks like a vampire, which is not a real thing where I'm from. So that's kind of disturbing. What are you guys thinking? David, what? you're lucky in Pathfinder we don't have insanity. <laughs> yeah. Lose a sanity point. <laughs> what is a vampire? And I, I ask him this as I go over toward the tables, to the table. Where I'm from, a vampire is uh, a mythical creature that lives on drinking other people's blood. And as long as they drink the blood of the living, they're basically immortals. But like I said, where I'm from, it's a story. It's not real. So this, again, is looking like something that, as far as I knew before this, does not exist. Well, let us hope that this was none other than a snake. That your myth is indeed that turns out to be a myth. I think we should check. I think you should use your sword and check to see if they still have blood. I follow his advice and I go and I pick up one of their wrists mm -hmm. and I... Uh, enter a slice. Hmm. Some blood trickles out. They're dead, so they don't have a heart pumping. So not a lot. Much like if you see on the movies when somebody's doing an <laughs> autopsy and they cut somebody and a little bit of blood yeah. comes out. That happens. I'm not a doctor, but the fact that there's still some blood there is a good sign. I agree. Um, Thaddeus, you said you wanted to go to the table. Yeah. You go to the table and you pick up a vial. <clears throat> And I want you to make a perceptions check. Um, you're not just trying to read a vial. You're, tr you're scanning them very quickly to see if any of them are interesting. Natural one plus three. Okay, well, natural one's not, doesn't count during a skill check, so don't worry about that. But a four is pretty low. You look, and uh, you quickly go look through them, and you don't seem to see anything interesting. Okay. I, I, look, at, um, I look at Sergio, and I say, what do you, what do you make of this musician? Much I haven't really seen 
Whenever, whenever there's been death, I haven't really stuck around. I always just kind of leave. Clear my mind. So. Do you want to go over and check the table, uh, Sergio? Yes. Okay. Go make a perceptions check, please. So that's a 20 plus the perception, the number next to perception. That's 19. Oh, very good. You scan through and very quickly what catches your eye, vampire ichor. And there's a vial full of a blacky red substance. And it has a cap on it. Go ahead and make a knowledge check. Make a knowledge done... Mm. Go ahead and make a knowledge... I guess we'll call it Dungeoneering. Dungeoneering? Alright. No, knowledge nature. Nature? Yeah. D20 that... Uh... 16. You don't know how you know, but all of a sudden it comes into your mind, and you, you're 100% sure that you do not want to touch this I-Core. That touching the I-Core and in any way introducing it to your system will infect you into, with vampirism. Do we see this? You see him pull out the vial and look at it. What's it say? Sergio. What's it say? What's the vial you found say? It said Vampire Icor, remember? Yeah, so Vampire Icor. You know what that means? I get the genuine feeling that I don't want to drink it. Well, um, since that's backing up this whole vampire thing we're seeing, for reasons I don't necessarily, just to save some time, just take my word for it, we need to see outside to see if it's day or is it night. Very well. Is there anything else on this table that looks like it could be of use to us? Make one last perceptions check. 23. Well, great roll. Uh, yeah, you look through this and you see what looks like research. And you see him looking for like five minutes. And he looks as if he's like putting, he's connecting the dots. And when he, when he finishes, like in five minutes, he turns around. Because he realizes, and you tell the party, that it looks like they were doing research on vampires. That's, they had imprisoned... And we're doing experiments on vampires. This is not good. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is only getting worse. <laughs> we're in a building, we all know where we are, and everyone's dead. I say we go from this place, but before before we go, I, I want to see what kind of robes the guys are wearing. You go over, they're black robes, they don't have any marks on them. And as you look at the robe, you hear someone move in the corner. And you look over, and you see one of the person people in black robes who's bleeding out, he look up and you he see he has a bullet mark in his shoulder. He has no bite marks on his neck. And he looks up and he says, You sons of guns. You can't just come in here, release them on us, and think you can get away. And you see he has a lever next to him, and he pulls it. And he says, Have fun. And he falls over dead. You feel the ground beneath you begin to move, and a hidden trap door you did not see flings open right beneath you, Dom. Make a reflex save. Reflex to seize in the mid-left of your character sheet. Mid. Um, six plus nine. Okay. You quickly jump out of the way and you don't fall down. And as it opens up, you hear cackling down there. And then slowly crawling out. And then quickly jump out, 
four goblins. Goblins are small little guys, and they've got like these big teethy grins and big heads, and they're green, and they're kind of laughing to themselves. I lunge at them, one of them. I lunge at them. Oh, closest. before you do that, we'll get there in one second. What you're going to do now is everyone's going to roll initiative. When you roll initiative, that is you preparing yourself for combat. When we, when we, when we are in combat, we kind of slow things down, and everyone takes a turn fighting. So go ahead and roll initiative. You roll a d20, and then you should see initiative towards the top of your character sheet. I rolled a 21. Um, you rolled a 21 plus your number? No, I rolled a, it's a 20, man. I rolled a 20 and a 1. Okay, just make sure that I got the right number. All right. Uh, I, I rolled the same 21. Okay, Sergio? Uh, rolled a 10. Oh, there it is. Oh. Alright, so 13. Okay. So the higher the number, you get to go uh, quicker than everyone else. So the goblins themselves. Oh, give me one. Oh, actually, no, I don't need to do it. Very good. Wonders of the internet. Mm -hmm. Oh, real soul. Maybe you can write it for me. Uh -huh. Maybe I will. Um, the goblins start cackling themselves. <laughs> And you see them run over, and one like just goes over to one of the dead people and like pulls off his arm and like is wielding it almost like a club. And the others go and they uh, grab other such improvised weaponry and they smile with their all their teeth at you. Does any one of you speak goblin? You can look on your languages. No. Okay, so uh, no, I don't speak goblin. Okay, you don't know what they're saying. And they point at you and they rush at you. The first goblin runs at you, and he runs at uh, Dom. Uh, sorry, Thaddeus. Alright, so he swings his bloody arm at you that he ripped off from somebody, and he rolls... He rolls a 16. What is your AC? My AC is itself. Where is it? So I have to roll a number higher or the same as your AC. 22, he fails. So he hits and it bounces right off your shield. And it kind of looks like a little bit scared. And it turns to its friends and goes, Aah! And they kind of look at each other. And it is now Thaddeus' turn. Um, I try to bring my sword down on its, its turned head. Go ahead and make an attack roll. You roll a d20 and you add the attack roll, which should be next to your um, weapon. Uh, it's 11 plus bonus. 7, so 18. 18 is a hit. You hit this guy. Now you're going to roll damage. You should see a damage thing where it should say like 1d something or 1d8 plus 2. There you go. Roll that. 5. All right. You hit this guy. You do 5 damage. And you bring the sword. Um, hold on. Real quick. Yeah. 2 1d8s or 1 1d8 plus 2? It's 1d8 plus 2. Okay, so 7. 7? Yeah. You chop this guy right in half. You go through his head, down to his groin, and you split him in half. Blood kind of squirts on your tabard, and you kill him. David, it's your turn. You see two goblins looking at their raid and run after Sergio. And one goblin who's just been cut down by, uh, by Thaddeus, and another one who looks like he's running after Thaddeus. I take aim and fire whichever one is closer. Okay, the one toward, uh, going after, after Sergio is a little bit closer. 
So, level like, your gun? No, no, I meant, I meant I take a shot at whichever one was closer that was heading towards Thaddeus. Okay. Alright, there's only one heading towards Thaddeus, so you go ahead and you shoot him. Go ahead and roll an attack roll. It should be next to your weapon. But it's a 20 I'm rolling? Yep, you're rolling a 20 plus whatever attack bonus you have for your uh, musket. Where is it on the sheet? It should be mid-left of the first page. Uh, attack bonus plus five. So I rolled a... Uh, uh, not plus five. Look where it says musket. It should be plus nine. So I rolled a uh, 17. All right, you rolled a 17. It is a hit. So now you're going to roll damage. Where you see it says 1d12 plus four. That's the damage you're doing. 15. Okay, you shoot, and the bullet goes right through its neck, and its head pops off. And like a basketball, bounces a couple times before it rolls. Uh, Thaddeus, the thing running at you, its head comes off, and it kind of lands at your feet. And you look over, and you see David, who looks like he's expertly aiming the gun. And he's, he is now... Um... So that was a standard action, uh, David. And you now have a move action. I believe it's a standard. All right, so you can't reload it this turn. You can roll it next turn. But you still have a move action, so you can move if you like. I move to give myself more distance to reload and shoot. Okay, you move and you go towards a, another end of the room. And you kind of like get behind a chair to give yourself a little bit of cover. Something like that? Yes. Great. All right. Now, uh, it is now another goblin's turn. And this goblin is running at you, Sergio. And it runs at you, and it has gotten, like, the leg from a table. And it swings it at you, and it rolls a 15 versus your AC. What's your AC? My AC. 15. 15? So it hits. So okay. it's going to do damage. Don't worry, he's just a little goblin. He gives four points of damage. So take four points off of your HP total. Your HP, I think, should be towards the top. Okay. Okay. So I'm at 34 now. All right. And it is now your turn, Sergio. All right. What would you like to do? Well, I'd like to destroy it, but... It says on here that I have a dagger. Right? You do have a dagger. So you can pull it out as a, as a swift action and stab, stab, stab. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. <coughs> um, you... I would like to, to remind you, as a bard, you have different, like, bardic performances you can do. Um, right. And so you might want to look through those when we have some lull times, because there's some things there that, like, help you boost your allies' strength and stuff. You go ahead and pull out that dagger, and, and you go ahead and make an attack roll with it. You also have a crossbow. I would like to remind you. Do it. Crossbow uh -huh. takes a move action to take out because it's a little bigger. Right. Do I actually have any um, move action right now? You do. You have a move and a standard. Okay. I'll just stick with the dagger. Okay. You pull out the dagger. And stabby step stab. stab. Right. So you're gonna roll a d20 and roll and add the attack roll. 
think that's a 12. 12. You take out the dagger and you swing wildly at it, but the thing is so low it kind of ducks and it dodges out of the way. You now have a move action. Uh, what would you like to do with it? Seems a little too close to pull out a crossbow. That's why I didn't do it. Okay. So would you like to do anything with your move action? Maybe. Can I? I can't use for dodging it. Um, no. Maybe try to put some distance between me and the uh, goblin. Sure. So when you move away from somebody who's right next to you and they have a weapon, they get what is called an attack of opportunity. Think of it as a slap in the face. Anything you do that I have the ability to slap you in the face for, I'm going to. So if you walk away from me while I'm fighting you, I can slap you. If you, if a wizard's trying to cast a spell right next to me, I can slap him. So anything like that, it's a kind of funny way to remember. Those are attacks of opportunity. So this guy has a weapon, and you're running away from him, and you're right next to him, so he can get an attack of opportunity. But there's a special move where you move only five feet, but you get out of their way, and you don't provoke an attack of opportunity. So that's probably the thing you're going to want to do. Yeah. So you, you move five feet, and you kind of step out of the way. So now he has to close that distance if he wants to hit you again. All right. Now, the last goblin, another goblin, runs after you, and he runs to hit you. And he trips and falls on his face like an idiot. And he spends his standard action to get up, and that is his turn. Back to the top of the order. It is now Thaddeus' turn. You see two goblins going after Sergio. Well, my luck. What do you do, Thaddeus? You have moving a standard. I attempt to attack the one that kind of fell on his face. You go over the one just as he gets up, and you attempt to behead him. Roll your dice. Nine plus six. Nine plus six is 15. Is a miss. You swing, and you, I guess maybe the weight of your shield kind of threw you off for a moment, and you missed him. And the goblin kind of turns around and stares at you and goes, and he points at you. And it's now David's turn. Now, David, you're going to have to, because you have a rifle, it's going to take a standard action to reload it. But you, you, it will leave you with a move action left over. I want to load. All right, you load your weapon, and what would you, would you like to use your move action anyway? You don't have to use all your actions if you don't want to. Which I can't shoot, right? No, because you're re no. You can't sh you can't attack with a move action. Um, as long as I'm still distanced, I don't lose. Okay. All right, it is now uh, gonna be Goblin's turn. The Goblin that you moved away from saddles up right next to you and hits you <laughs> for two points of damage. You hit you with that table leg again. It's almost more annoying than anything. <laughs> kind of basically like, like a kid keeps like trying to punch you and you're like, stop, dude, back off. He hits me? No, he's hitting uh, he's hitting me. Sergio. Uh, don't worry, I'll pop his head next time. I'm uh, it is now Sergio's turn. Uh, that whole dagger thing didn't get too hot last time. Uh, do I have a standard action? You have a standard and a move. Every time it's your turn, you get a standard and a move. Let me pull out the crossbow. Okay, you pull out the crossbow with a move action. And... Let's roll that real quick. 
Uh, this is terrible. <laughs> okay, that my base attack. Give me a six. All right, you don't add your base attack. You add the attack next to oh. where it says the weapon. Do you see the crossbow listed? Attack bonus, right? Yes. Attack bonus next to crossbow. Light crossbow. Okay, so that's a seven. All right. Is that your total? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, you miss. He shoots, and it looks like he's not really very proficient with weapons. And he shoots and he misses. And <laughs> Thing mocks him. <laughs> Laughs at him. Uh, and the other one who you tried to hit, Thaddeus, it turns around and it tries to wail on And it misses. Punch, 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 and you just block him with your shield. And uh, it is now your turn again. Now, something you have is called a shield bash. Yeah. And you might want to yes. use that. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll take a go with it. Okay, I'll use it. I missed. Four. <laughs> you go to shield bash him, but the guy drops prone, and you miss him. Oh, man. Oh, man. And... Laughs at you again. And, uh, David, your turn. You now have a, a reloaded rifle. I, uh, I shoot at the guy with the table leg. Okay. Go ahead and roll your attack roll. 18. Okay, you hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Damage is 20 again, right? No, damage is... Next to stat should be a thing that says damage. 1d something plus something. Near where it says musket. Yeah, yeah. 12. Alright. I roll a... It's plus my attack bonus, uh, plus four. I roll a six. Okay. You, and you, like, you almost shoot his heart out of the front of his chest. You go through the back, and his heart explodes out of his chest. All over you, Sergio. You kind of, like, lift up your, uh, your, uh, saxophone so it doesn't get all soaked. And, um... Hugh over his shot through the heart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, you, let's say you have a strap for your saxophone so you can just put it on your back while you're using other weapons. Um, so it's dead now, leaving only one goblin, which is mocking your friend Thaddeus right now. And that goblin is, uh, gonna go and attack you. And what's your AC? Thaddeus? He rolls a 16. Okay. Ping, 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 ping. He's hitting and it looks like he doesn't care that it's not working. He's just going to keep hitting, 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 hitting. Uh, now it's Sergio's turn. Reloading um, uh, a, um, a bolt and a light crossbow, I believe, is a move action. I'm going to just start a bardic performance. Then, like, actually, there's only one goblin left, right? There is only yeah. one goblin left. That'd probably be a waste. Um, I guess I'll just keep trying to hit this thing till it dies. <laughs> Okay, so go ahead and roll. Alright, I'll reload that, that crossbow. You put a bolt in and you pull it back. Oh. Alright, 19. Okay, finally. Hits. Go, it's a hit, roll your damage. Uh, it should be right right below the attack bonus. It should say damage. Okay, so 1d8. Got a 3 from the roll. Okay. 
You do three damage. You and it gets in its shoulder. You kind of you don't get the best shot. And it's still breathing, but it looks a terrible. And this leaves it now to Thaddeus's turn again. Sweet, everyone's dead, right? Nope. There's one goblin who has a bolt on his shoulder and he's bleeding very badly. Um. It looks at you and screams. And blood kind of comes out of its mouth. You know, this thing's getting really starting to annoy me. I stick him with my sword. Stick him with your sword. 19 plus 6. No, plus 7. Okay, it's a hit. And. 5. No, uh. I'm sorry. What was my, my base attack bonus is... Ignore the base attack bonus. It should be listed under damage next to your weapon. Oh, sweet. Okay. That would be a 5 plus 2, 7. 7? Yeah. Okay, you finish off this thing. You chop off... You chop him in little pieces and he falls to the ground. End okay. combat. We're back to normal. You don't have to worry about action economy anymore. You now have four dead goblins in the room, panting a little bit from the struggle. David, you're almost impressed with yourself how you were able to just zone in, get that tunnel vision, fire, reload like it was nothing. But now you're kind of coming out of that. The adrenaline's kind of going away. And the only person who got hurt was a, a little bit uh, Sergio, but you're not hurt very bad at all. What do you guys do? Uh, I go over to the guy who pulled the lever. Okay, you go over to him. You see his dead body's limped over. Search it. Okay, search it. He has nothing on him, just like the other people in black robes. Okay. He's the only one without any bite marks. Hmm. Can we search the goblins' bodies? Absolutely. You find nothing you would ever want on them, <laughs> unless you're unless you want to keep like a trinket to show that you killed them, like their teeth or something. That seems fairly worthless. Is uh, the guy alive that pulled the lever? No. no. What, is, what does the room look like again? This room is a same sort of wall as before, but it's got the table in the center, some chairs. You, you now have recognized it as a sort of laboratory, research room. No doors? There is a door, and there's the two prison cells that are open. There is a door. There's two doors, the one you came from, and then one on the other side of the room. And that's it? Yep. I go over and listen at the door. All right, you go over, uh, make a perception check. Well, you guys are favoring that perception. 15. 15. You listen, and you can hear a little... That's all you hear. Intermittent, unevenly. Um, I look at them, what should we do? Um, well, just, Caleb, do I have to reload my weapon, or is that yes. automatic? No, uh, we will assume anytime you get out of combat, you keep one in the barrel. Okay. So um, you reload it. It's all set for your next battle. Okay. Here's what I think we should do, guys. I'm going to put my gun aimed at the door. Someone stand on the side and open it and put yourself behind the door. So oh, I'm pointing at what's, you know, behind it. Say, say again, Sergio? I volunteered to open it. Okay. Um, I'll stand on the side that the door's not opening up. And I aim at the door. Very nice teamwork. You do that. And as you open up the door, is another hallway. No one's in it. No threats. I think we should keep moving and get out of here. Now more than ever. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, I, uh, I'll, I'll take point. Okay. You guys go to the end of the hallway. You open the door. And standing directly in front of you, Thaddeus, is a tall, extremely pale man who looks at you dead in the eye. And even with all your plate mail on, he is taller than you. And he looks at you, he is in literally a loincloth, and that is it. And he smells very bad. And he looks at you, silently. What do you do? Um, my, sword, my sword's still out, correct? If you want it to be. Greetings, tall one. <laughs> he kind of looks past you to look at the rest of the people, and looks back at you and says... Friend or foe? That depends. Am I lunch or not? He looks at you and says, That depends. Do you want to put me in a cage or not? Why would I do that? I'd like to give him a bath, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and music? that is the beginning of the story how Sergio became a vampire. No. <laughs> the guy looks at you and says... You're not wearing black robes. But I didn't see you come in here. They're not in this here. He said, I don't see you wearing black robes, but I don't remember seeing you guys come in here. We just appeared in the room in the back hall. I, I was at a knighting ceremony. And I walked through a portal. He looks confused. He says, stay out of our way. And he turns his back to you, and you see there's stairs, and he goes up these stairs. What do you do? Do you is let it, him is, that, is the hallway all there is? He does not answer you. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm asking. What can we say? Yes, at the end of the hallway is the stairs that he's going up. Okay. Do any of you try to stop him? No. I, I, yeah, I look at the other two, and I go, like, sort of like... He shrugs. Let him go. Who else but vampires? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Caleb, do we see any way, other other way to go, or is it end of the hallway stairs going up, nothing else? There is a door to your right as well, a wooden door. Take a listen. You hear nothing in there. By the way, the sounds before now a little stronger. You hear a little more. <laughs> A little louder now. We need to get out. I think we go through this door. Knock off. Let's not go where that guy went. Agreed. All right, you open up the door. And in that room, it appears to be some sort of closet housing different equipment. Nothing of use to you. It is a dead end. It's just a closet. Um... Guess we're going up the stairs. If there's a mop and some rope and anything, if you want to take any of those sort of things, uh, there's a bucket, um, some I, empty I, glass I, vials. I have rope. Uh, some parchment. Some ink. Some quill. You guys want it? And some vials. Put stuff in vials. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take the parchment and ink and the quill. All right, and Sergio, you grab some vials, add those things to your character sheet. Uh, David, do you want anything from in there? Uh, I'll take the rope. There's rope. And you grab some rope. Kind of like what? Kind of like a, a Ghost Rider style, wrap it around yourself so you can mm -hmm. carry it. Um, 
Did I mention that David's clothes were foreign looking? I forgot if I mentioned that or not. Uh, you did not. Okay. Uh, you, you, well, they, for me, they just were, the way you described them was foreign looking. I'm sorry if I, I forgot to mention this. David's clothes are very foreign. He seemed, his pants and shirt are very separate. They're not like a single robe or anything. They're very, very separate things. And he has a jacket on. A jacket made of some sort of fabric you have not seen before. And a helmet is crafted as some sort of material you've never seen before. He looks very otherworldly. Okay. And he's also very well kempt. Very clean, cleaner than most people usually see. Smells good. Aside from the blood he got on himself recently. That yeah, probably smells good too. Probably sounds a little bit like black powder now. Uh, should we continue on the hall? Okay. You continue on the hall and you go up the steps. And uh, as you go up the steps, you go higher and higher and it seems to go for a long time. And you keep going and going and going and going and the, and the sound is getting louder. You start hearing tap 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 And it, it's very unsettling. You get up and it gets louder and louder and you get and there's this door and it seems to be rattling back and forth. Ching 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 Almost if it's being blown by the wind. Something like that. How how narrow is the hallway? Uh you guys can't stand next to each other. It's only wide enough for one person at a time. Usually the case. Um, okay, so as I approach the door, I look at David and I say, "You are dressed quite oddly." Yeah, I, I look at David and I say, "You're dressed quite oddly." As are you to me, and I think uh, at some point we're gonna all get each other's story. But right now, let's get out of here. Fair enough. True. True. Um. Uh, Thaddeus, you open the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. You open up and you find yourself in the middle of a thunderstorm with heavy downpour rain. And it is dark outside, it is night, but you are outside. What do you do? Um I pull my hood over and my cloak over my armor. Okay. David, your helmet's protecting your eyes, but the rest of you is getting soaked. And um, word being nearly naked, you're getting cold very quickly. <laughs> I, I look around. What, do I, what am I seeing? You see that you seem to be in a small town. Your vision's rather limited because it's night, but your eyes don't need to adjust because you're in a dark place already. And the rain is really blocking your vision, but you do see a bright light off in the distance, not too far. Seems to be the only real light in the town at the moment. Um, do I see this? Yes, everyone sees this. Okay. Uh, and, you, and you said word doesn't have much on him? No, he, he's, he's wearing, he's shirtless, he has pants held up by suspenders. Uh, I offer him my blanket to cover himself. Word, do you say? I kind of say, that's okay, but you you don't really need to, you don't have to. Very well. And, uh, I walk forward. Very well, fine. He then stabs you. <laughs> <laughs> and then lights you on fire. Alright, what did you say you do, Dom? Uh, that um, is? Walk forward. Okay, he walks. Do you rest of you follow him? Yeah, but I, I move off. Like, on his flank. Yeah. Okay, giving you some distance in case you need to fire that rifle. I get you. Alright, you cautiously move forward, and uh, you, can, you can barely hear each other. You'd have to shout to hear each other. This rain is it's just pouring down, and this thunder's clapping above you. And you see a lightning bolt slam and hit a tree a little off in the distance, and that tree catches on fire. And uh, you guys uh, pick up the pace a little bit. 
and you go over to the light, and you see the light is coming from some sort of, you know, medium-sized to large-sized house. Um, I sheathe my sword and I knock on the door. Okay. And after a few seconds, the door opens up, and the wind catches the door and swings the door open. And you see a small dwarf standing there. Average-sized dwarf, I should say, actually. He's got a big beard. It's red. And he looks at you, and he goes, Oh, my! Come in! Come in! And he gestures you to come in. I look, I glance back at the others, and I move forward. I go in, too. I follow. And you go in, and he, and he struggles to close the door behind you. And he kind of stamps out, and he shakes the water off himself, and he goes, What a night to be out in the cold. Well, welcome to me in. How much for a, a room or two? Oh, I wouldn't dare charge you in a night like this. We could talk money in the morning. Right now, you just need some sleep. Where are y'all from? Uh, crap. Hold on. <laughs> An interesting place. <laughs> I believe my wife's from there. <laughs> oh. Um. I'm. I'm from Harkenwald, from the monastery there. Harkenwald. Oh. Oh my, that's a that's a wee bit way away. What brings you all the way out here? No idea. Well, you picked a poor night to come out. Well, we don't have many beds of room available. As you can imagine, a night like this would chock full up. But we do have one room with one bed that could fit maybe both of you. But I'm sure you could uh, you could share the floor or share the bed. The four of you can make it in this room. And he goes over and he grabs a key off the wall and he goes, we worry about everything in the morning, all right? And he hands it to you. Very well, thank you very much, sir. Ask you one question. Yeah. What are you worried about dressed like that? We don't have much action come around these parts. Speak for yourself, buddy. Do I hear David say that? That was word. Uh, that was word and sure. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you sorry, heard. Sorry. You, you heard him mumble that. No, you're good. Uh, I chuckle and I move off down the hall. Okay, you don't answer him and you walk away. And the guy kind of shakes his head, and I take it. You all go down the hall and you go into your room. Yep. It's a simple room. It has a de- has like a little desk, a chair, and a bed that could fit maybe two of you. I'll take the chair. Okay. Now, sleeping in your army armor will give you a penalty unless it's mm-hmm. light armor, like leather armor is light armor. Uh, word you don't wear armor, but a fattiest. I have naked you, naked armor. You have naked armor. It's negative one AC. Uh, uh, word, uh, sorry, uh, Thaddeus, you would want to you know disrobe before you went to yeah. bed, or at least de armor. Yeah. You know I'll do that. Okay. So but uh, I, uh, um, if I'm sleeping in the chair, I keep my sword leaned up against the wall next to me. Okay. You, your clothes are soaked, so I assume you all go down to your undergarments and kind of hang your clothes a little bit. Yeah. Um, not that word has much else than other undergarments. Um, uh, pants. pants. And again, David's undergarments are as strange as his regular clothes. And uh, <laughs> who's taking the bed? Sergio, you can have the bed. I'll take the floor. Sure. All right. I'll all take right. it. Sergio, you get the bed all yourself. You spread out. It's really nice. (laughs) Before I lay down, I thank you very graciously. Show you my gratitude. No. Let me show you my gratitude by playing you a song. (laughs) I'm I'm an idiot. I thought there was room for both of them in the bed. There is room for two of them in the bed, but David elected to be on the floor. Oh no, no, I'm I'm all good. 
Okay. <laughs> David, you can go on the bed if you want, but if you wish I'm, to be on the floor. I'm good on the floor. Okay, he's good on the floor. All right. Listen, with a guy who goes around not wearing a shirt all the time, I wouldn't want to sleep in the bed with him either. <laughs> yeah, I don't smell bad. I wear a cologne. Yeah, any sort of smell or crap you got on you from the battles have been washed off by that driving rain. So you guys, you 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 uh, you're you're in your bed now for the night. Anything you want to talk about before you guys rest your eyes? I say we get some sleep and we'll we'll yeah. figure it out in the morning. Uh, I agree. Okay, you rest. You know, cue the passing of the time music. Da 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 da. Hey, I'm Caleb, and I'm Christian. And we're the hosts of Pathfinder Academy, your go-to podcast for everything and anything Pathfinder. We cover everything from basic mechanics, skill checks, combat with weapons, combat with magic, party roles, character creation, how to run a session, player types and conflict, character death, house rules, making good encounters, rewarding your players, romance, how to kick pigs, pre-made campaigns, homebrew campaigns, storytelling tips, class guides, race overviews, class reviews, book reviews, and much, much more. You can catch us every Thursday here on the Trailblazer Network. See you in class. It's the morning. You wake up. Uh, the first person to wake up is is uh, Sergio. You wake up because you had a great night's sleep. Oh, you feel great. And you wake up and you see David. You see David and uh, Thaddeus still asleep. Thaddeus in his chair. He's drooling a little bit on a sword. And uh, and uh, David on on the floor. What do you do? Uh. Head on down and go talk to the barkeep. Ah, man, why don't you put some pants on? (laughs) Oh, crap. Run back up real quick. Come back down, (laughs) clothed on the... Of course. You go down to him, and it's the same guy, and he looks tired. He looks like he's been up all night. And he looks at you and goes, Ah, good morning, friend. You sleep well. Oh, my gosh. So good. You have no idea. (laughs) Rub it in, why don't you? (laughs) Because what can I do for you? Uh, what's, uh, what's the tastiest thing you got? Oh, well, my wife uh, makes a mean breakfast, a mean omelette, with some ham and some cheese we get from the farm. Oh, let me, let me have some of that. Also, what do you have on tap? Ah, uh, we don't serve any alcohol here. There's a bar down the street if you want it, but they're not okay. open till late. Do you have any specialty, uh, house drinks? Ah, well, we do have some fresh-squeezed orange juice. You won't find that very often around these parts, but we manage. Sounds invigorating. I'll take it. Okay, so you get yourself some breakfast. Uh, the next person to wake up, uh, David, you wake up. And you're a little stiff, but you had a good night's rest. Um, I look around. That is still sleeping? Yes, and Sergio's gone. Um, I head down to see if I can find Sergio. Okay, you see Sergio sitting on a table eating breakfast. Is that any good? Oh, yes. This guy was not kidding. Farmer quality. Prima stuff. All right, I turn to the innkeeper and say, make it two. Of course. I'll get you some. You want some for your other friend? Yeah. Make him one, too. He brings two tables. He puts it on the chair. There's people all around you, people who are getting up now from the morning. They're all also getting breakfast. And it's a David. You see what you would know is just from fantasy novels and such, and watching Lord of the Rings elves. They've got the long ears. They're very fit. They're tall. 
You, you see elves, and you're seeing dwarves, you're seeing fantastical creatures all around you. And no one seems to be batting an eye. It seems as normal to them as anything. And, um... Um... Dom, you now wake yeah. up. Yes. You wake up. Sweet. Uh, are my clothes dry? Uh, they're a little bit damp, but they're way they're, they're good enough to wear. Um, you know, I'll put some on. Okay. Do you also put on your plate mail or just some clothes? Uh, do I have chainmail under my plate? Yes. I put on the chain, but not the plate. Okay. You put on the chain. You go downstairs. Uh, you go downstairs. Yeah. Sure. All right. You go downstairs. You find breakfast for you ready there, David. Kind of like. Taps the seat next to him, if that's what you would do. And uh, you sit down and you all enjoy some breakfast. You're sitting around talking around the breakfast table. Oh, I forgot to say it. I forgot to say I got dressed. I got dressed. Yeah, I, I kind of would make a joke. Of course you would. I, I, I know that. We don't have to deal with kind of minutiae like that. Um, I, I look at them and I sit, as I sit down, I say good morning. Good morning. How did you not sleep? About as good as I can sleep on a floor after being attacked by goblins. <laughs> That's fair. Dom, are you building something over there? What are you yeah, doing? I'm getting my pipe. The pipe war. <laughs> oh, you have, your, you, you have an early morning smoke there, David? <laughs> I forgot that. I have my pipe. I smoke my pipe at the breakfast table. David pulls out a pipe. Fine-looking pipe. This pipe. It looks a lot smoother than most other pipes you've seen. Um, you know, I wonder. Never mind. I just I wonder if you can make any more noise to destroy this podcast sound. That's all I'm just wondering. Alright. Um, I look at the guys and I say, let's get to it. I think we should each go around and let's talk about the story. Let's tell our story leading up to this. Because obviously, none of us are from here. Uh, or know how we got here, so let's backtrack and see if we can't figure this out. I agree. Let's start with you then. It's a, it's a fine recommendation. I can tell my own backstory, Caleb? Yep, you can do whatever you want. Okay, so I look at Thaddeus and I say, before I go into where I'm from, I need to know, not just town-wise, but where are we? What do you well, call this? If we are where I think we are, we're north of the capital of Warhol. This is the uh, this is the nation of the empire. Well, you might find this strange, but I don't think I'm not only from this place. I think I'm not from this world. Where are you from? I'm from Earth. Earth is, is also it? the name of this planet, Don. <laughs> well, that's going to be confusing. It will. Wait, so you're from another Earth, or? Do you keep a date here? What do you think the date is? Oh, yes. From the... I've never done dates. <laughs> he says some dating system which you don't even recognize. Alright. Well, where I'm from, also called Earth, but I'm thinking it ain't this Earth. Uh, I had a... I was riding a motorcycle. Do you guys know what that is? Uh, no. It's basically a machine that you use to get from one place to another. Like a horse. Like a horse, but it's not alive, it's a machine. And I was riding my motorcycle, and I suddenly lost control, 
and I thought I crashed, and when I woke up, I was in that room with you guys, so uh, not only do I think I'm out of uh, my town, I don't think I'm where I came from. Because there are no elves, and there are no dwarves, and there are no goblins. These are all just stories where I'm from. Well, I can see where there being no goblins could come in handy. <laughs> well, now that I met a couple, I would agree with you. So, I don't know why I'm here, but clearly it's not a mistake that we all ended up in that room together. So why don't you guys tell me what brought you there? Maybe we can figure out why exactly that is. I looked to Sergio. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> tell us your story. Uh, well... Not a whole lot to tell. I've been wandering around ever since I can remember. But what I do first remember is I woke up. Um, there were a few people around. Uh, not close by, but close enough to see me. After I wandered around for a bit, this, this woman, I think she was a, a prostitute or something. She, she tried some kind of pickup line like she thinks I'm an angel or I fell from heaven or some, some shtick. I don't I don't even know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was just trying to pick me up. He flexes. These these, these kind of women rarely know much about heaven. Yeah, that's what you think. Uh, yeah, I don't remember what happened before that. I just woke up on the ground in some town and been trying to make a living on the streets ever since. With the clothes or lack thereof on my back. How'd you get in that room with us? You know? Huh. I don't know. I just kind of went there. It's like a compulsion, like some kind of force. I didn't. I'm, I'm going to stop you real quick. Word, do you forget? Or are you just, are you honestly, are you unpurposely not telling the truth? No, he honestly felt compelled to go to that place. Do you remember how I told you you got there? No, no, I do not. The guy in the white suit? The guy in the white suit, hmm. the guy in the white suit he touched you. He went over to you and he said, it's time for you to fulfill your purpose. Touched you and you okay. fell through the floor and you appeared in that room. That is how I got there. <laughs> <laughs> he tells you that in a much better way. Okay. Thaddeus? I'm from a small, small farming village called Fostermouth in the west. When, my, when I was young, my parents and my village were killed by orcs and goblins by a raid. Hmm. The abbot at the monastery in Harkenwald took me in and brought me up as a monk. But this life sat very too cloistered for me. So I took up the cross, the crusading cross, and now I serve the one god by crushing his enemies. Hmm. You're a paladin, sort of. Indeed. A crusading paladin of the highest order. Word. I want you to make a religion check. Boom. Okay. Um, where is D20 it? plus the skill religion. Knowledge religion. Skill. Why am I not seeing this up here? I'm not seeing it under skills. Skills. It should be knowledge religion. Oh, knowledge religion. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
I got 11. 11. You, you have heard of these people that believe that there's only one God. Most people call them crazy. Almost everyone else believes in a pantheon of gods in this world. But there is a sect of people that believe in one God. They call him the one true God. They have a million different names for him. You've never given it. I mean, it's up to you whether or not you get much credit. But almost everybody in the world believes in a pantheon. These guys are very, very much in the minority. Uh, also make a knowledge local check. Oh, wait, but Caleb. Yeah. Just remember, I haven't revealed that to them. We're talking, about, we're talking about Thaddeus right now. Well, you said these guys. I apologize. Thaddeus is the one who we, the, the, the guy who's the, the paladin is talking to you, talking about the one true God. Oh, when I was saying these guys, I meant these people who call themselves Christians in this I world. I gotcha, gotcha. These guys in the world who call themselves Christians are perceived by the public to be crazy because they believe there's only one God. Gotcha. But go ahead, make a knowledge local check. Uh, word, that's for you. Oh, okay. Uh, four. Mm. All right, 16. 16. Uh, the towns he told you, you are aware of. You... You, the town you lived in, Winterhaven, towards the northeast, maybe a month's travel, is Harkenwald. And you know where uh, Fastermel is. It's to the uh, west of the capital. It's near the Orcish Front, where the war versus the Orcs. You know where these places are. Okay. May I but make any, um, I don't know. I suggest uh, maybe speaking to the elves. Sure. You can do whatever you want. Okay. Uh, I start. I go and greet one of the, one of the elves' party. There seems to be an elf, uh, a couple, you know, um, husband and wife. And the elf kind of turns to you and goes, can I help you? I greet him in their native tongue, Sweet Lad Melon, or whatever the language translates to in D&D. &D. Uh, uh, elven. He start talking to him in their own language. He uh, goes from immediately apprehensive because of the way you look to much more open because he hears you speaking in his language. And he speaks to you in Elven, which means, David, you can't understand. I don't know if Thaddeus knows Elven, but if you I do. All right, so then you, can, you also know what he's saying. And he goes, ah, he goes, uh, I see you learn Elven. Uh, very good for your kind. Your kind doesn't like to do that very often. Can I help you? I'm a, I'm a social and people person. It's just a skill I need in life. But um, you may find you'll get better with a shirt. <laughs> You'd be surprised the kind of conversation I can strike with that one. But, uh, what can I do for you? So this uh, my comrade in arms here. He told us about the situation and being overrun by orcs and. Just wondering if there's anything we can do about the orc threat, the orc problem. If, if there's any help the elves can offer us or suggest to us, just anything. Uh, we've been fighting alongside your kind for many years trying to kill the orcs. I myself haven't, but, uh, oh yeah, all sorts of races have been trying to battle the orc threat. You can, I guess the best thing you can do is join the military. They're, they're the ones putting up the fight. With all the clockwork soldiers recently, you know, joining the military isn't so bad a prospect anymore. You probably won't die anymore. It's only the clockworks that get destroyed. Is there any way we can recruit a clockwork to our cause? He laughs. Or... He laughs heartily and he goes, recruit a clockwork? If 
you see a clockwork, you uh, you must not have seen very, very many clockworks. You see one, you step out of the way. Those guys don't know the difference between what they're going for and the people that get in their way. Can we reprogram them? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Obviously, somebody knows how. They listen to the Emperor without question. We can talk to that guy. Maybe I can play him a little song. Schlemuse him a bit. Are you a citizen? You are not. <laughs> no. No, no. Well, then good luck talking to the Emperor. I, I, I speak up. I am. I say it and all that I am. The guy turns to you and goes, and kind of like he gives a, a small little bow. And as soon as he says that, anyone who understands Elf kind of looks to, looks to you immediately and gives a small bow. I David, you see all of a sudden a bunch of people start treating uh, Thaddeus with respect. Uh, uh, I, I, I return the, and he goes, the notion. He goes, well... You can demand an audience. I'm sure he's pretty darn backlogged, but you'd eventually get there. <laughs> Why uh, so interested in fighting the orcs? Me? Uh, yeah. The His wife uh, puts a hand on your shoulder and speaks up and goes, Did you lose someone to them? Myself, no. I just heard his story and thought maybe he'd... We'll help him on his crusade. Sounds like he's on a crusade. On a we're, mission. We're pretty far from the front where we are here. So if you were to fight them, you're in the wrong town. Hmm. Well, that can be changed. David, motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, I look at them both and say, you guys want to catch me up? I have no idea what you're saying. I, I, love, I fill in them on the conversation. He fills you on everything just happened. Um, well, before we go running off to a war, why don't we get back to what it is we're doing here? Uh, Thaddeus, you need to finish your story. Uh, how'd you end up in that room? Before each crusader continues off on, and joins the armies of the Lord, they are to go through a, a knighting ceremony that officially denotes them as a crusader of God. At the end of my, at the end of the ceremony, each crusade it is up to each crusader to walk through the portal. It, no one knows where it leads, and few crusaders are ever seen again. But it was my turn, and I took up the cross, so I entered through the portal. Then that's where I met up with you lot in the that room. So let's all agree that none of us are from here, and none of us came here on our own accord. Instead. In our each way, we were brought. So, indeed, I said we make an agreement that we stick together until we figure out why we're here together. Sounds good. This seems agreeable. Well, Thaddeus, as you go to smoke your, are you smoking a piping game? Um. Yeah. Do I have? A, is there food in front of me? Yes. Uh, I put my pipe down and I say a quick, brief prayer, and then I eat and smoke my pipe. All right. As you bring your fork up to your mouth, you feel something dislodge and fall to the ground. And you look down, and the scroll container fell out of your pocket and onto the ground. I pick it up. Okay. Um, I open it and I look. It still says no peeking. Uh, I scrumple my face and put it away. And I continue to eat. All right. Um, I look at my face, same as last time. 
Um, it seems like you were all familiar with everything that's been happening so far, except the vampires. So th is it, am I right to think that this is the first time either of you have encountered or speak of, of the devil thing? and he shall appear? The entire room goes silent except for a couple girls who give a quick scream. And you guys look to see what the ruckus is, and a very tall, pale man in a loincloth is standing oh, in the middle of the door. And um, people look scared. And he kind of scans, the vampire scans the room. I place, I stand up and I place my hand on my sword and I say, greetings, friend. He looks at you and says, make no mistake, we are not friends. Who in here will give me their clothes? Everyone is frozen. Nobody's doing anything. I stand up and I un and I unholster my cloak and I offer it to him. He takes two long steps to you. He's very long legs and he grabs it from you and he wears it. And he says, he looks down at your food and then he makes eye contact with you and he takes your plate away from you. Do you let him? Please, enjoy. He takes his hand and, and just eats it with his hand, no utensils, and puts it, meanwhile, keeping, uh, kind of like scanning the room, and then he, he puts the plate back on the table. It isn't like a barbarian throwing the plate down. It's almost delicate the way he puts it back on the plate. Even what eating with his hands, it seemed more out of need than want. And he looks around and says, I have need of gold. Who will part with their gold instead of their lives? I, I say, would you care to join us for breakfast for a while? Hmm. He looks at you and says, you talk too much. It'd be best if you sat back down. I, I, step, I take a few steps back and I say, agreed, sir. He puts his back to you, which you know is insulting. Mm -hmm. And he walks over to that elf couple you were talking to, uh, Sergio. And the husband kind of puts his wife behind him, and the guy says, I don't got much money, but you can, ha you can have all of it. And the uh, vampire holds his hand out, and the guy dumps his money in there, and just a couple of copper pieces and some silver. And the, uh, the vampire looks at it, puts it back on the table in front of the guy, and says, does anyone have more than this? And no one seems to be volunteering anything. Um... I give a quick glance to uh, Sergio and David. Um, Listen, friend, I, you hear the barkeep speak up. And he goes, I've got money here. You take it and, and leave in peace. And the guy strides over to the, the dwarf, picks him up by the collar, and says, there is no peace for your people after what they've done to my people. And he puts the dwarf back down gently, goes over and grabs his purse and leaves the place, unless any of you want to stop him or say something to him before he leaves. Um, uh, I take my right hand off my sword and I approach the dwarf. Okay. The, the vampire is gone. People are kind of relaxing a little bit and talking about just what happened. And the dwarf is shaking and he goes, well, that's something you don't see every day. I offer the dwarf uh, some coin to compensate him for his loss. Okay, how, much, well. how much do you give him? Um, 
actually check that. I actually forgot how much I had. Um, while uh, while Sergio was uh, getting his coin purse, I said, "Ask how much he took." Yeah, he, goes, he took everything I've earned the past week. I, I don't know. It's I'm sure it's a couple of platinum. Mm. Platinum, you know, uh, the way money works is uh, ten gold is a platinum. It's like you know, ten coppers to silver, ten silvers a, a gold, ten gold to platinum. Um, I take out a thirty gold piece and I say, "Here." Oh, you, you don't have to do that. Please, payment for your services. He kind of nods. He almost has a tear in his eye, and he says, "Thank you, thank you very much." Uh, I look at him and I and I ask him, uh, "What did the vampire mean? What your people have done to him?" I, ha I haven't the faintest clue. My people, the dwarves haven't, we don't mess with vampires. I mean, you rarely ever see a vampire. They usually live by themselves and you don't bother them and they don't bother you. <laughs> I mean, I guess people always hunt them down. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Nobody likes a vampire. But I certainly don't know any good stories of dwarves hunting them. I, I look at him and I say, um, uh, do we know anything judging by his height? The vampire's height? Uh-huh. Just thought he's a vampire. It's a good characteristic of them. They're tall and they're pale. And you never want to see their teeth. Hmm. Where are they where do they come from? Oh, there's legends that have a dozen stories about where vampires come from. Just like the stories about where dwarves come from, that they were born in rock and eggs. Who knows where they really come from? I don't mean born, I mean live. Oh. Nobody knows. If you know of a town of of uh of uh, vampires, you sure as heck bet that they won't be there very long because the local police will hunt them down. Hmm. They're not friendly, Kin. I'm surprised he walked away without killing anyone. Or worse yet, turning anyone. Hold on one sec. Sure. Um, now that David's gone, uh, how are we going to kill him? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, while... Uh, Rocks fall? He the, well, <laughs> while he and the barkeeper talk and I give... Uh, the barkeep, a hundred gold. A hundred gold? Uh, he grabs your hand, shakes it, and says, You didn't have to do that. You're so kind. Nah. Sorry. Very, very, very generous. The bartender leaves, goes to his room, and he comes out, and Sergio, he hands you clothes. And they're very fine clothes. And he goes, You shouldn't be out, not in weather like this. Without any clothes on, and he gives you some very nice clothes. Maybe a little bit small for you, but they'll fit. Small for me. They're, they're almost like almost like winter coats now because you know he's so stocky. It's like wider than you are. Right. But um, you okay. know, it's it's well made. Yeah, I take it very grace, graciously and gracefully. And he goes, "Can I possibly okay. help you guys anymore? You need to stay. You can stay as long as you need." Um, I ask him if there's a place in town to buy a cloak. Cloak, of course. Yeah, there's a tailor down the street. I know the guy. You, you tell him. You tell him. Uh, piss. Okay. The worst part about being a DM is coming up with names on the fly. <laughs> you tell him. Your mom sent you. No. Uh, <laughs> give me a moment. You tell him. Your mother sent me. She says hi. You tell him. Alaster. Alaster. Alaster sent you. You got it. One more question, and I ask uh, the innkeeper. You said 
there's people that hunt vampires. If we wanted to hunt a vampire, who would we talk to here? Who's the best hunter? Hmm. You know, I don't rightly know any hunters in this town. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a vampire in my life. They're not very common. Um, maybe if you went to a big city, you'd be able to find some. Everyone's for hire in a city. Core Hall would sure have tons of them. Winterhaven's a pretty big city. I bet you find some in there. Vampires sometimes hide in the mountains. Winterhaven's near a mountain. But Winterhaven's pretty down far south from here. Um, I look at them and I say, do we, did I tell them what the uh, dead guy said to me? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, I say, uh, I look at them and I say, I do have to deliver the scroll. That'll, that should, that'll bring oh yeah, out. everyone heard the dead guy say that. Everyone heard the dead guy say, deliver the scroll to the Emperor in Core Hall. Hmm. I, I, we do still have to deliver the scroll to the Emperor. Which you can, you can speak to him, right? You're a citizen? I am. I say that's our next step. Hopefully that'll bring us to a vampire hunter in the, in the, in the capital. How far is the capital from here? He gives a small little laugh and goes, how far? <laughs> how much time you got? It's months of travel. Especially Southern. on foot. If you maybe manage to get a cart, maybe it'll be a month max. South or uh, the, the, the south? Yeah, the problem is there is a plague that broke out between us and the capital. Mm -hmm. It makes it hard to get there. There's some strong wizards that know spells to make you immune to poison and to sickness. I don't rightly trust them, but if you do find somebody like that, you can walk through the plague lands. You know, it's not the safest place even with a spell to protect you from the sickness. There's people that roam there who aren't very friendly. Dark people. The Empire sent clockwork there to hunt anyone down who went to the plague lands. So yeah, it'd be safer going around, but it'd take you much longer. Um... But there's nothing in the plague lands but dead bodies and clockworks that make more dead bodies. Um, I look at the, my companions. Around or through? Ah, uh, well, I think until we have someone with us that can protect us from a sickness, we have no choice but to go around. I agree. There's a wizard in town. I'm sure you could hire him. I could put in a good word for you. That would be kind of you. A good word. If that's the way you want to go. And is there somewhere in town we can go for supplies if we're going on a long walk? Yeah, he gives you directions to all, everything you need. Supplies, tailors, the magician, apothecaries. I said we'd go grab some supplies if we're going for a walk. Either way, we're going to need food. I agree. Uh, I look at uh, I look at the dwarf. I look <laughs> I look at the dwarf and I say, this concludes our business. Thank you very much for your hospitality. No. Thank you. Uh, I go plate up and grab my bag and we're going to hit off, hit the town, I guess. Okay. I grab my stuff and follow him. Very well. Saddle up my sacks. So, it's a good opportunity to explain how this world does taxes. Sweet. Uh, normally, you imagine you pay for every little thing, but at one point, the emperor came out with a plan where everyone would pay a certain amount of tax and they would get a card. And the more tax you paid, the better your card. And if you present a card, depending on how much you pay, you get things for free. So if you pay 10 gold a month, anything that costs 10 gold or less, you can get just by presenting a card. 
So if you need a little bit of rope, you present your card, and they know you're a taxpayer, and they give it to you for free. Um, so we. So the question is, office? so the question is for you, how much tax do you want to pay? And what this does game-wise is makes it so that we don't have to worry buying little stupid things and dealing with crap. Like, we're not trying to make a shopping simulator. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, let me tell you your options for this tax. And David can be registered. You guys can bring him to the town hall and register him for tax. Okay. You can pay... If you pay zero gold a month, you're pretty much homeless, you live in the streets, and you can't buy anything. But if you pay three gold a month, you can get any meals or, or anything that costs one silver or less. If you pay 10 gold a month, you can get anything that costs one gold or less. If you pay 100 gold a month, you can get anything that costs 10 gold or less, 1,000, anything that costs 100 or less. Well, how much gold do I have? How much a month? What would you like your taxes to be? Uh, um, if I were on my character sheet, where would I find my gold? Oh, good question. Look to the left of like where it says Hero Lab and Pathfinder. It's like right there. Where it says Hero. It'll be right next to com uh, Combat Maneuvers, which is beneath your weapons. Okay. Okay, uh, Caleb. Yeah. I paid you most of mine for citizenship. Right? I did. How much do you have right now? Eight nine, eight eight nine one five. It costs you uh, sixty thousand for citizenship. Six thousand. Sixty thousand. Sixty. You said you have eight eight eighty nine thousand. Eight thousand nine hundred and fifteen. Okay, six thousand then. Um. Well, I'll pay the hundred. Okay, you pay hundred gold a month. This would also allow you, uh, at any point you want to get like an actual home. You can get a you know a nice suite of rooms in a fine inn from now on without paying. Okay. You just show your card and you get a couple rooms actually. Uh, word, how would you like? What taxes would you like to pay a month? Uh, I think I'm go for. I think I'm going with hundred. Okay, so you pay hundred gold a month. Uh, go ahead and take off hundred from both of you right now. And this now we don't have to deal with small purchases anymore. Yeah. Done. You take uh, you take David over to the to the town hall to get his tax card, and uh, how much would you like to pay a month, David? Uh, what what were the options? You could pay uh, ten gold a month to ha to buy anything for one gold for free, a uh, hundred gold a month, and you get anything that costs ten gold or less for free, a thousand a month, and you get anything that costs a hundred gold or less for free. I paid ten. Okay, you pay ten gold a month. So anything that costs a gold, like meals are free now, anything like that, you just present your card. Don't worry about it. But if you're buying like you know some armor, you're gonna have to pay for that. That's way more than you know one gold. Okay. All right. So you guys now have your tax all paid. We don't have to worry about it for the rest of the game. I'll tell you once in a while to minus your gold. But Sweet. ten, a hundred, and hundred. Please mark that down on your character sheet so we can remember. Um. All right. So now you guys can pretty much get what? rooms. You can get rooms and inns all you want now. That's not a problem. So you guys go get some supplies for the trip. You show your card. You get it. Um. You now have some supplies. Cute. So you don't have to worry about that anymore. Water and food and such. Yeah. Rations. First thing I grab is a cloak. You get a cloak. And the sun's out now and it's drying your clothes. So you guys, your clothes are almost completely dry now. Uh, let's go see about a wizard. Let's. All right, you go to the wizard. The wizard is an old man. He's an old human. 
And he looks up at you and goes, Yes! Welcome! Welcome! How can I help you? Stay a while and listen. Um, I ask him if he has any potions or spells that would get us through the plague lands unharmed. Oh, I've been selling a lot of those lately. Yes, yes. I have some spells for you. Though I warn you, the plague lands are very dangerous. There's more than there's more than plague to kill you there. What would you warn us about? Oh, the plague lands. The people who have the plague. I would stay away from them. They're not exactly people anymore. And then of course there's the clockwork that the Emperor sends to make sure no one goes through the Plague Lands. They would do something for you. They would probably attempt to kill you, if they can try. There are thorough things that orcs here. But as it comes, I have spells I can give you, and I can make you resist the poison and the sickness that comes from this plague. And I'll tell you how much it is in a second. Uh, potion of resist. Resist. What's a synonym for for illness and sickness? Disease. Disease. That's yeah. the word. Thank you. He says, "For seven hundred and fifty gold, I can give you a potion that will give you one week where you will resist all sicknesses and diseases." How long would it take us to get through the playland? Oh, if you if you go, you can traverse it in maybe four days. If you have trouble, it may take you longer. Mm. And how much for a single potion? Seven hundred and fifty gold. Ugh. Yeah, it's it's harsh. Mm. We wouldn't have a lot of time to dilly dally. Ah, you could buy more than one. Two for each of you. You stay a long time playing land. You no need to rush. You can hide and go secret places. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, for each one, I mean, do we each have enough for it on our own? I don't have it. You don't have it? Maybe. How about Thaddeus? You and I. I think we could cover for him and each get our own. Um, real quick, is this conversation private that him and I are having? It's the four of you. There's no one else in the shop. Private, meaning the old wizard cannot hear it. Oh, you three? Yes. You guys can okay. say, give me one moment, and you walk away, and you talk, and he can't hear you. Okay. So we can try and negotiate him down and then buy him a second one. That's true. So let's try that, and if that doesn't work, we'll buy in a second. Okay. Persuasion. Let's do it. Well, this um, guy we're doing here. I want you all to roll stealth check. Stealth check? Oh, jeez. Eight plus... Uh, never mind. Uh, two. Ten for you. <laughs> Natively, I'm negative one, so with the die... Oh, yeah, eight, eight minus six, so two. Oh, sorry. Two for you. Yeah. What am I rolling? Stealth. Which, but which dice? D20. All skills is a D20. 
17. Okay. Word? I mean, um, uh, 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 Sergio? 18. 18. Okay. As you got Dom, as you reapproach him, he goes, Okay, we can negotiate. <laughs> Here's what I do I'm a generous man. I, I, I don't want to make money off of death of people. Last thing I want. I live long time. I want everyone live long time. <laughs> Each of you, if you buy three, I will give you three more for free. We buy three, you'll give us three for free? Yes. It's a good deal. You'll find it nowhere else. So you say. <laughs> I don't have the money, so it's up to you guys. Alright, trouble you to drive the prices down for say maybe. Oh, oh, I make I make big deal for you. I not make it any better. It's true. It's true. So Sergio, how much do you have? Total ten thousand two hundred fifty three. Um, I'll pay for one and a half. Alright, we'll do the same then. We get we get two a piece with the deal, right? Yes, so uh, 750 times 3 divided by 2. Each of you remove 1,125 gold. Okay. All right, you now have six potions of resist disease, and it will last you, uh, what do you say? I forget now. Um, what do you say? Uh, a week? Yeah. So you, now have, you can have up to two weeks for each of you. Or I guess one week for each potion, I should say. How much do I remove again? Say again? How much do I remove? I'm sorry. Uh, 1,125 from you and 1,125 gold from you, uh, Dom, uh, Word, and Dom, each of you. Will. Okay. Yeah. Right. So you guys are going to make your way to the Plaguelands? Um, is there anything else we need, guys? We have food, potion, weapons, and a destination. So I say we just go. Uh, how much for horses? Horses. Well, you you would know that they would die in the plague lands. So let's yeah. my uh, but horses. Right. Uh, so somebody would they would not let you rent horses if you're going to the plague lands. They would make you buy them. But yeah. let me tell you how much that would cost to buy a horse. And I take it you don't care if it's that good of a horse because you're expecting it to die. You know what? Never mind. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It'll, it'll slow us down eventually. Alright. I think it's a good place to end for tonight. You guys are on your way to the Playlands to get to Core Hall. Sweet. Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For more Pathfinder podcasts, visit tblazer.net. Your players have been David, Dom, and Word, and Caleb has been your GM. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. <laughs>